Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, Dayton Abbott with you on Oilers Now. I uh, bumped into this gentleman yesterday. He's hard to miss. Um... Always a popular guest. This will be his last uh, regular Thursday appearance. We're going to try to drag him in a studio once for maybe a little bit longer session. But we welcome back to the show from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Oh, it's why, why is that that color, Brendan? What's going on there? Did I... Something's going on here. Let me just go like that. Here we go. We have Louie DeBrusque. Louie, how are you? Hey, Bob. I'm doing well, bud. How are you? Yeah, I almost ran into you with the golf cart, and I said it would be like running into a fire hydrant if I bumped into you with that cart. Is that because I, I, like the, is that I, I didn't built? like the cart's chances. You didn't like the cart's chances. Do you know yeah. how many people in Edmonton would have been, uh, they would have, uh, you know, been really happy if you would have run over me with the... Uh... There might have been some billboards that went up. Yeah, they could have been happy. No. But yeah, it was a good day on the course yesterday. How'd you hit them? Uh, I wrecked my foursomes day. What did you expect? Now, is there, let me ask, how many of these do you do uh, an off-season? Like, do you do 12 to 15, you think? I have done that many, for sure, in summers. I won't do that many this year, just uh, with a little later start. And uh, just perfect personal preference, not wanting to do as many this summer. But I'll still probably do 6 to 10, I guess. Yeah. That's what I'll do, but... uh, I know that it's a little bit tougher out there. Obviously, the economies and and full disclosure here. I think Louis, until this past year, were you not carrying two jobs at one point? Like you were working in some sort of uh, business oil related sector. But there's several industries that are down. Obviously, a fair amount here, and there's a trickle down effect that uh, you know, like we've got Natalie Minkler coming up from the Oilers Community Foundation a little bit later on, and. Uh, and some of the charity golf tournaments are, you know, Kevin's is really well run, and they've done it for a yep. long time. Um, and that was my, you know, I can tell you when Joffrey Lupo retired because we did we had, we'd built that one up over ten years. That was, you know, we were thinking, well, should we just not get a guy like Pareko or somebody like that to take this on moving forward? Um, but you know, it, and that's still out there. But it is a tougher time, and I think so, sometimes the charities see it a bit, but there's sure a lot of people that got their hearts in the right places, don't they? I agree, and uh, that's what always impresses me, too. You're right. It, it has been tough times here in Alberta, well, in Canada, for that matter, in certain sectors, and especially out here we've been hit hard with the oil and gas industry here in, in Alberta. And But you know what? The same players come to play every year. Every single year, it's the same guys you see show up and some new bodies. I golf with a new foursome yesterday. And you know what? It's To me, it's it's a real sign of exactly what you're talking about. The hearts of these people are in the right place, and they come out for a good cause. And Kevin Carius puts on a great event. 
Um, and you know what? It was full. It was it was a full full tournament it and a full day. Hours. It was great. We kind of you know what? I was actually surprised with how quickly we got through the golf. To be honest, Bob, it was very smooth yesterday. Yeah. Mother Nature cooperated for the most part. A little bit of rain, but you know what? Uh, good on people for still putting their time and money into a, into something that's so valuable. And um, you know that's the reason why I go out and do these things because every single time I go out there, I see great people that are um, giving their time most importantly, but they're also their money to come out and support a great charity. And for us, we have an easy go, but we show up, we get to golf with some great people and have a good meal and, and have a conversation with people. And, uh, you know, for me, I've, I've done that ever since I was a player back in the early nineties. And, you know, I, I've met a lot of people that I still consider friends today from all those tournaments that I, that I've golfed in over the years, you know, 15, 20, 25 years, you know, of, uh, bumping into the same people, which is remarkable to me, and I, I think it's awesome. It's a real testament to the community here. Now, is there a – because most hockey players are pretty good golfers. The seasons coincide with one another. Now, first of all, I wasn't a good hockey player, and secondly, I always worked in the spring and summer, so I could never golf. Louis, I'm terrible, and it, it it's, <laughs> it's gotten to the point that it's sort of terribly, you know, terribly embarrassing. Like when we did the uh, the, the the team had an event a, a couple years ago uh, in Palm Desert in the Bighorn. Now, how many guys listening to the show right now? would love to golf at the Bighorn, which is where they did that match play event with Tiger Woods all those years ago. And at one point, the four caddy looked at me, so he had our foursome, and he said, I must tell you, sir, you're a very entertaining fellow. He was giving me more credit than I deserved, Louis. He goes, you're a very entertaining fellow, but I'm pretty certain you're the worst golfer we've ever had on this course. And so, But when you're an ex-player, like, you're kind of expected to be a pretty good golfer, aren't you, Lou Dog? Yeah, you know, and I think that's why a lot of players sometimes, if they're not big golfers, don't want to go in these tournaments. But I, you know what, to be honest with you, you don't have to be good. You're there for the conversation, the stories. You're there to spend, you know, six to seven hours on a course and have a good time and mix and mingle. But I'm decent. You know what I mean? That was my first round, and I wasn't very good. I had some good shots, some bad shots. I always feel confident enough that I can hit the ball, but... I try not to take the game too seriously nowadays because I just don't golf enough. But uh, it can be pretty intimidating. It can be if you if you don't if you don't get out there and hone your skills like anything else. If you don't work at it, you're not going to be very good at it. And uh, I'm kind of at that stage right now where um, I'm a recreational golfer. I don't take it too too seriously. I try not to anyway because then you just drive yourself crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Louis DeBras joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Louis, free agency is over. Uh, Edmonton, quiet, to say the least. Uh, so let's talk about Chason and uh, Kara uh, re-signing two-year contract extensions. I, I look at Chason, go, it's unre- I don't think he'll score 22 goals again in a season in his career. Not that I I, I, I respect Alex. We're going to have him on the show later. I think he's going to be hard-pressed to match that. In in Jujar Kara's case, though, does he have a higher ceiling than what we saw last year? I think he does. And I think he would probably say the same thing. He feels he does as well. Uh, he had a couple tough spots last year where he was, you know, spinning his wheels a bit and not really, in my opinion, playing the, to the way that he's capable of playing to. Uh, we've seen spurts of it. We've seen stretches where when he plays that dominant big game where he handles the puck, he controls it down low. He's a, for a big guy, he's an excellent skater. He can play the center and wing position, which is nice to have that versatility. Um, this is a good signing for them at a price point where it allows him to kind of go out there and show the team, hey, listen, you signed me again. Okay, listen, I've been with this organization now for a while. 
I need to take that next step. Let's see if, if I can take that next step. I, I believe that's what the mentality of going into the contract was. And I, I still think there's an upside there that he hasn't reached for sure. And I think it's very capable. He's very capable of reaching that upside. So, um, listen, I don't expect, I don't expect an explosion from Jujar Kara, but I certainly expect a consistency to his game and a confidence to his game with the age that he's getting to. Um, Alex Jason on the other side, I don't know if I agree with you. I, you know, sometimes, you know, especially veteran players when they've had that success and they learn how to figure it out, I don't think, I don't see any reason why he can't score 15 to 25 goals again next year. Really? You know, that 17, 18 goals. I think he can, I, I think he can get, I think he can get high teens. I just don't, 22, I mean, a lot had to go right for him, right? I mean, it's five more goals. You know, I mean, like, you're right. It's, it was, it was certainly a career high for him. I don't know if I look at the season and say everything did go right for him, though. Yeah, it's incredible how many grade A chances he had. And I think that's just a player that knows how to get himself into a spot and has kind of taught himself, listen, this is what I have to do to be successful. He has a great shot, maybe the best forward right-handed release on the team. So, you know, like when I look at it, he's going to be put in positions to succeed again. He's one of those guys that can play up and down, um, reliable guy, and if he gets hot again, there's no question. I think Dave Tipper will play him a lot. We'll put him in situations to, to score more goals. So, yeah, I kind of look at the same. I think he's going to be right around that range again next year. I do. All right, Mike Smith. You saw a lot of him because you did a lot of Flames games. We're joined by Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Uh, to me, this is 1A, 1B. This is an open comp. Frankly, you know what? And I know Dave Riddick had a huge year down in Calgary last year. Uh, I think Cam Talbot's going to be competing for that spot as well. So we're going to have two real interesting goaltender storylines in the uh, with Edmonton Calgary this season, Louis. Yeah, remarkable. It's amazing how things happen and players change uniforms. And, you know, two really good guys, two veteran guys that, you know, you look at and you want to see be successful. Mike Smith has been around for a little longer. And, you know, for him, um, you know, the one thing I'll say about Smith from, from covering Flames games and watching him, when he's on top of his game, his high-level game is off the charts. You know, his high-level game is you can't get a BB by him. Uh, but then he'll have games where it kind of goes away and he'll let in some bad goals. And it's that consistency for Mike Smith that's, that's kind of been the problem. But you love the fact that he has that super high ceiling when he plays the way he can play. When he's dialed in, he's feeling it, he's challenging. I mean, to me, um, if he can go in there and even do that for 30 games this year, 25, 30 games, you know, and, I, and that'll be the hard part for me to see whether or not he can – accept that, whether he comes in believing he can take over the starting position. I do think it's going to be up for grabs. Uh, I think they want Koskinen to, to play the lion's share of the games, but they want Mike Smith to push them. They want a veteran guy that can be in there when they do need to put the backup in there. It's just an easy slide in there. If he gets on a roll, they can run him maybe for a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously, Koskinen's got to come in and do exactly what uh, he needs to do to be successful, and he's got to put a good, you know, showing on early on to gain confidence in the group, confidence in the coaching staff to play him on a regular basis and be the starter. But this is a challenge for Mike Smith, too. And, you know, this is a competitive guy. I mean, one thing you, you always learn from, you know, being around these athletes is the fact they're ultra-competitive guys. And Mike Smith is going to come in here and, you know, he might say, hey, listen, I'm coming in here. I'm happy to be here. I'll play as many games as they give me. But 
I've never met a goalie who doesn't want to play more games. So it'll be interesting, like you say, to see how it pans out. But um, And for Cam Talbot, on the flip side, uh, you know, you wish him nothing but the best. He's, you know, he's, he's a terrific human being, and he struggled here, and he, and, and he got moved on. But now it's another opportunity, again, for him to go in. And maybe in this situation, a um, little less pressure on him. A guy that's stepping in there is he knows what his role is going to be. They have a lot of faith in David Riddick there. This could be the niche that he's looking for to get that confidence and game back for him, and we've seen what he can do when he's playing well, too. So it'll be interesting and, and certainly something we'll be watching early in the season to see how that uh, pans out. Louis, uh, I'm not one to, uh, you know, put a, heap a lot of praise upon the Toronto Maple Leafs organization, but I think it's got to be stated. I can't believe... They they yeah, did they did a good they they've had a good two weeks I mean all right they gave up a conditional number one to get rid of Marlowe but they you know some would say that that actual uh, the amount you know the amount of the buyout it should have been more than that so some have said that then they found a home for Zaitsev they got back CC who will likely only be there a year and then they dealt from a position of strength at center and got themselves Tyson Berry, an elite right-shot puck mover, to go with Morgan Riley, an elite left-shot puck mover. And they've still got the space. They've got both Janssen and Kapanen signed. And they've still got the money left to, to get Marner signed. They just signed Kerfoot today. It's pretty impressive what Toronto's put together, in my opinion. It's incredible. I, I, you know, I didn't see this coming. You, it's amazing. You know, you, Cal Dubas was his back was against the wall, really. You know, coming into this free agency market, obviously having Mitch Marner sitting there waiting. What's going to happen with him? He's been your top scorer two out of three years, top point getter anyway. But good on them. They were active. They've made bold moves. They've had to give up some to get some. And when I look at the back end, though, now for me. Um, I've always liked Cody CC as a player. I've always felt that there's an upside there. There's a size and, a, and, and an aggressiveness to his game. I think he's going to fit in nicely there as a right-handed shot. Um, there were reports that this morning when I last looked that he had signed a contract for one year, 4.5, I think is what yeah. the number was getting thrown. I don't know if that's official yet or not. No, but it's official. So they've, so they've got him done. And then, you know, Morgan Rowley, a 20-goal scoring defenseman. Tyson Berry, a 60-point defenseman. Who knows what he's going to do on that power play. Uh, I, you know, don't get me wrong, Colorado's power play was great, too. But I've, I like Kerfoot as a player, too. I think the moves were great by the Leafs. It was necessary to open up space, add bodies, depth in signing, Janssen and Kapanen. Yeah, you know what? They've been, bu- they've been the busiest, along with a couple other teams. And good on them for for opening up some space and making it work and a little bit of an overhaul. As a Bruins fan with my kid playing for the Boston Bruins that have beat the Toronto Maple Leafs two years in a row in the playoffs, they're going to be a tougher out this year. Wow, the defense is way better. It's they're, way- going to be a, they're going to be a tougher out this year. Yeah, they're, they're, they're on the upside. But I also think Dubas sees this as an opportunity to build around a nucleus that's outstanding. You know, he, He's seeing an opportunity to step up and try and build something here short term but also for the long term but uh the window is open right now for this team they have some real special players there as much as maybe some people out west you don't like to admit that they do and uh you know what uh, they want to make it work so good on them i like the fact that they've been aggressive and, and proactive in trying to turn things around and make it different well because uh barry's contract uh there was a bonus paid july first or whatever right so 
Colorado ate a little bit of the money, uh, or no, was it the other way around? No, it was Cadre who had a bonus on his deal. So Colorado ate a bit of the cap space. and But, I mean, three unrestricted free agent defensemen, CC, Muzzin, and Barry, and my guess is the most likely of those guys to be re-signed would be uh, Tyson Barry. Uh, Toronto's, and they've got all their big dogs, and people say, well, wait a sec, Stauffer, they're at $77 million. Yeah, but... You know, they've got a guy that's currently going to be Nathan Horton's on LTIR. He'll be placed on LTIR, and you got to play up to the cap to deploy that. Uh, and, and he's a $5.3 million cap hit. So there's your money. Uh, in, you know, and we're now assuming that Marner Louis is you know, going to be $8.5, $9 million, that he's not going to come in at $11 million. Uh, especially after the Ajo deal. And just a thought on that, on Montreal stepping up and putting the offer sheet in. I know Carolina has already stated, hey, we intend to match. They're going to make Montreal sweat a little here over the next few days, but they're matching. But just your thought on that and Montreal deploying that as a mechanism. Yeah, you know what? Good on Mark Bergevin for being aggressive and going after it. You know, the way I look at it, I, I with this list of free agents, available players, restricted free agents. We This was the year we felt we'd see an offer sheet, and we did. It's about time, you know, in my opinion. I think it's a tool that GMs don't use enough. Um, we talk a lot about old, boy, old boys clubs, and I'll tell you, that's maybe one of the oldest ones there where they just don't seem to want to ruffle each other's feathers. But it's a competitive league now, more so than it's ever been with the salary cap and the crunch and the fact that younger players are starting to make more money in this game. The younger players are signing bigger contracts over their entry-level contracts than we've ever seen in the National Hockey League in a short period of time. Almost gone are the days of bridge deals. So I, I look at this as a time when I think general managers need to step up and start getting aggressive and say, you know what, if we want a player and we really want him bad enough, a team is cap-crunched, why not go after a player? Why not make it even more difficult for them to do their business? The flip side and the, the, the argument is always that they can do that to you down the road, but it's a big commitment to throw an offer sheet in there. It's a big price you're paying, and not every team can do it. So there's certain teams that are in a position where they feel they can do it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again, to be honest. I, I think, you know what, if you really want a player bad enough, there's some great restrictive free agents still out there that I think are going to be worth way more than what the teams are going to offer them. Louis. And therefore, you put a player into a position where they say, listen, yes, you love, like a Braden Point, for instance. I know you love playing in Tampa Bay. It's the Sunshine State. You've got a terrific team. They're the best team in the league last year. But I hate to tell you, kid, you can make four more million dollars a year playing for this team. That's pretty hard to turn down. Well, I will mention that to Rick Vilek next summer, Louie. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you know, what I'm saying, like, listen, I, I'm all for players taking a hometown discount. I really am. I'm all for players also making as much money as they can make in a short career. But uh, every single player situation is different, and every single player has to make that decision on their own. Uh, but I have no problem with a general manager being aggressive and trying to take a player from another organization. They have no problem signing an unrestricted free agent. It's no different with a restricted free agent in my eyes. It's Louis, a free agent. Louis, great stuff. Hey, thanks for joining us all season long. I'm going to squeeze you for an in-studio uh, visit at some time over the next seven weeks. You take care, okay? 
You too, Bob. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Have a great summer, right, bud? You bet. That's Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers, 1252 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 1254 in Edmonton. Guests on the show receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. The 99th Roos Chris was open up on 9990 Jasper Avenue. We had a guy named number 99 that played here in this city. He was pretty good. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and the staff at Roos Chris at Oilers Now sent you. Oh, I'm going to have fun with this text. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Stell says, Bob, if uh, Tyson Berry and Cody Cece re-sign in a year, do we need to reevaluate? Or are we saying if Barry nor Cece re-sign in a year, do you need to reevaluate the, the Leafs' work uh, last week from Stealth? That's fair, but I'm pretty sure Barry's going to strongly contemplate re-signing in Toronto. Uh, Bob, you need... Here we go. This is the one that's got my ire up. Here we go. Uh... Bob, you need to remind Louie that offer sheets never work. Last one to work was Pancakes Penner. The Edmonton Oilers first offer sheeted Thomas Vanek and then followed up and offer sheeted Dustin Penner in 2007. They gave up a one, a two, and a three after signing Penner to a five-year deal at, uh, what was it, $4.25 million at that time? Okay, they gave up a one, a two, and a three. Dustin Penner, over the course of the next four seasons, scored 19. He didn't even play four full seasons. He played under four. People forget this. They, he actually outscored Ryan Smith during the same duration of time. But we had some people around the team that liked Ryan Smith, that were friends with Ryan Smith. And Penner... Of course, Ryan Smith was traded at the 07 deadline. Penner outscored him during that same stretch of time. 90, people forget that. So, oh, he was Pancakes Penner. The orders were terrible in 2009-2010. Dustin Penner was a 30-goal scorer and a plus player on that team. They were a terrible team, and he was the one shining light. In 10-11... Dustin Penner was on his way to another 20-goal season and got traded to the L.A. Kings. Edmonton got back Colton Tubert, who at that time, and let's not have revisionist history here, at that time was considered a pretty good defense prospect. 
So good, in fact, that in the 2011 playoffs, his injury was seen as a factor as to why Oklahoma City was eliminated. Okay, They also got a first-round pick from the L.A. Kings. So they got the first-round pick back from the Kings. Do you know who they took with that first-round pick in the 2011 draft? 2011 draft that was in Minnesota that year? Brennan Escott, do you recall who the Oilers took with their second first-round pick in 2011? Oscar Clefbaum. Oscar Clefbaum. So Edmonton did okay with Penner. They got 92 goals out of him, and they got Penner back. Or, sorry, Clefbaum back with the pick. But we still have people, oh, it was a failed offer sheet. Oh, it was, it was a decent offer sheet. It actually worked during the duration of the deal. So... And ironically enough, Oscar Clefbaum's roughly at like 4.2-ish, 4 point. So it worked out. Makes me sh- it's, it's funny the perceptions people have. Okay? They think some guys, are the, like Shane Corson in Edmonton was not seen as being a great leader. In Montreal, Shane Corson twice, two stints there, was seen as a pretty good character guy. Dustin Penner, oh, failed a member of the Edmonton Oilers. He won two Stanley Cups as a member of the L.A. Kings, scored the goal that eliminated Dave Tippett and Phoenix in the playoffs in 2012 in the third round. He helped them win Cups. So always get a little bit of a a chuckle out of that. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. I'll get back with more texts and orders now. Uh, We've got Natalie Minkler coming up in the second hour of the show from the Oilers Community Foundation as well as Alex Chason. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.